The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching live on YouTube... Thanks for staying up. Please smash the like button. Like your Brandon Davies, you have consent, and I'm sure you know by now. The 2022 NBA Draft, it is in the books. I've been on CBS Sports HQ all night. That's why I'm dressed like this. Otherwise, you know I'd be in a hoodie at best. Deadleg has been contributing uh, to the HQ uh, coverage, but he did it from his home studio, so he had time to change into a T-shirt. How are you, Deadleg? Exhausted or exhilarating? Exhilarated. We are technically starting this podcast before 1 a.m. Eastern. I had the over-under around 1.25 a.m., so I'm thrilled. Yes, I got to contribute from home in the home office, so we uh, get to do this, which is nice. And it was a – what a – I filed a column for CBSSports.com. Uh, I would think that you'll be – if you're listening to this podcast early Friday morning or at some point Friday, uh, we'll get that uh, link in the description there uh, because the gist of the, of the column is – this was an intriguing buildup to this draft. And then, in my opinion, the decisions that got made will have severe ripple effects for years to come on a number of franchises. And the fact that we talked about this on the pod, I don't, I didn't have the time. I was writing the column. I didn't have the time to pull the audio, so I can't bring it back. Earlier this week, you were like, mm. you were like there's no way Jabari's dropping past two. And I said... The only way, <laughs> the only way is if Ben if Matt, the Magic were pulling something and Ben Carroll was going one, my understanding was OKC taking Chet the whole time. We really, that was really tested. And then lo and behold, man, like we're obviously going to start here. I want to spend a, a number of minutes on not just the top three, but the top five. This is riveting and fascinating to me, Parrish. I don't disagree with this. I think I was the only person in the media who had Paolo Bancaro as like the number one prospect out there. I don't, I, if someone else is out there, you're paid full time to do this. I'd love to have you in my company. So I, don't I had it. You did. I had it. <laughs> no, I had it a year ago. I had it a year ago. No, sir. My friend, I had it a year ago. No, sir. We're talking right now. So I don't disagree with the decision. Nada's going to come in clutch here on YouTube. If you see some of the graphics, love it. Uh, thanks to our help with our friends who did a wonderful job on the CBS Sports HQ draft show tonight. So I don't disagree with Bancaro, number one in the magic. This is what I would have done. But I I love how this happened, Parrish. You, we, we talked about it on the mock. Leading into that morning, there was that absurd betting movement, which wound up being true. I'll, I'll just recap this real quick and then GP take it away. 
That happens, man. Carol moves from plus 1,400 to plus 1,000 to plus 175. Insane movement over the weekend, right? And then it shifts back the other way. Jabari gets a little bit more of a comfort zone, somewhere in like the minus 200, minus 300. And then on Thursday, Adrian Wojnarowski tweets in the morning and resets the betting market entirely. He says, listen, all indications are it's going to be Jabari 1, Chet 2, Bancaro three, and that leads to a number of books taking the bets off the board altogether. Man, oh man, did the magic have the NBA guessing? Completely duped everyone. So if you got in on that Bancaro movement, more power to you. They really did keep a tight shot. Bancaro, as I understand it, never worked out for Orlando. And where this goes will be fascinating to me, GP. Two other big men that got drafted first overall by the magic. Shaquille O'Neal, Dwight Howard. What do those guys have in common? They're going to the Hall of Fame, and they brought Orlando to the NBA Finals. The closing lines of my column are this. Considering the amount of undeniable talent at the top of this draft, factor in the drama, 11th hour, 59th minute, Orlando doing this, pulling the rug out from everyone. Anything shy of Bancaro taking Orlando to the Finals is probably going to be seen as a failure. You had Jabari Smith right there. You had Chet Holmgren right there if you wanted to take him. You go with Bancaro. I love the move, but considering the franchise, it's all the more compelling. What are your thoughts here as we uh, as we recap the draft night? Well, it was a wild day. I'm looking forward to the 30 for 30 on how the top of this draft unfolded because though I think most of us um, believe that, well, I'll just speak for myself. I've said consistently uh, for months now that I would take Chet Holmgren number one, but that I totally understood why somebody else would take Paulo Bencaro or Jabari Smith. Like, I don't think any option was idiotic. Um, so this always was sensible to me. And obviously when I woke up on Thursday morning and the betting markets had went wild overnight, it was like, whoa, what is going on? But I'll be honest, once Woj tweeted, listen, the, the top three is, is firmly in place. And Jabari Smith's going to Orlando. Uh, Chet Holmgren's going to Oklahoma City, and Paulo Bancaro's going to Houston. I just said, well, that's it. We're done here. And the betting market stabilized. Jabari Smith went back to being the betting favorite, betting market favorite to be the number one pick. favorite. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 And, you know, when I was asked about it earlier in the day, it was just like, first off, Woj is the best NBA reporter who exists. And he's also like, I don't think I'm telling secrets here. Like he, he's tight with that front office. And so this isn't the type of thing that yeah, I'll just keep it simple. If he says it's Jabari Smith, I'm going to assume it's Jabari Smith. Just like when he says, um, when he reports, you know, some, somebody signing with this franchise and free agency, I just assume that is right because he's always right. So when he came back just before the start of the draft and you know, sort of reset everything and said, Paulo Bencaro is under consideration to be the number one pick. I was like, okay, Paulo Bencaro is about to be the number one pick because there's no way, and I don't want to speak for Woj, but I don't think he comes back and, and re-reports that topic unless he felt like he really had to. And obviously he did because we now know how it unfolded. So what's fascinating to me is why? Because this is not the way these things typically go. I, I, I cannot remember another NBA draft where the guy who was projected to go first on the middle of the afternoon on draft day actually went third. Like, uh, that correct. is not something. That's not point, normal. This never happens. 
You right. never have a situation where a guy is projected to be first for weeks and weeks and weeks. And okay, maybe there's been a situation, one or two drafts perish, where that guy goes two. He never goes three. This never happens. Totally fascinating. So, uh, I, you know, I'm just speculating here, but you start to wonder, okay, why, why, you know, Orlando could have whoever they wanted. Why, what did they do and why did they do it to convince people that they were taking Jabari Smith? And one, logical possibility would be like if you thought Oklahoma City really wanted Jabari Smith like if you believe that's the guy they want and we really want Paulo so we will put it out there that we're taking Jabari this is done and then they'll call us they got a million first round picks and they'll give us a future first to move up one spot so they can get their guy because they don't want us to get their guy and then we'll just move back get a future first and we'll get our guy at two and our guys, Paulo Bencaro. Like if you really thought that was a possibility, then it makes sense to make them think that you are on Jabari Smith. But the problem with that logic is that most people thought Oklahoma city wanted Chet Holmgren. So if you're trying to execute that type of thing, you probably need to put it out there that you're taking Chet Holmgren, not Jabari Smith. So that's why I say I'm looking forward to the 30 for 30 on this thing, because it's one thing to trick the betting markets and trick the mock drafters. But when you're tricking, and uh, the word tricking might, it's possibly an incorrect word, but you get the point. When you've got the best NBA reporters in the world um, sort of off the path a little bit on this thing, then you have really done some misdirection that I don't think people clearly saw coming until literally minutes before the draft was about to start. Literally, that was the other context I was going to provide to this. I don't have it down to the minute, but it was within. I mean, I was doing the HQ pre-show. It was within 30 minutes that Woj kind of put it out there that it might be in Dow. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to misrepresent myself. I do just happen to have a handful of sources at the NBA level in some front offices with people that I that I trust, who I lean on for evaluations and intel around the league. and. I checked in with two of those teams that had lottery picks. And even after Woj said this, both of those people said, I'm still not buying it. This is complete smoke. I'm just telling you, up until the pick, people thought that the Magic were going to take Jabari Smith and this was a smoke screen, and it wasn't. And consider that Bancaro's agent is Mike Miller who obviously you're familiar with. He's familiar with that front office and that franchise, of course. He just got into the agent space. Yes, that Mike Miller. He's Paulo Bancaro and Wendell Moore Jr.'s agent. Oh, Paulo Bancaro's been living with me in Memphis for the past several weeks. You know that, right? You should have had this, Parrish. Damn you. Um, yeah, I just... And the fact that, like, he goes one. I love... I, I do love the pick. We'll see if he can be the guy... Magic aren't a, a franchise that's seven decades old. They've been around since the late 80s. They haven't had many number one picks, but the ones they've had that they've taken that have, have been this, I guess they had Weber and then they traded away the pick, if I remember correctly. So this is the fourth one. But Shaq and Dwight actually stayed with the team, became Hall of Fame players, brought them to the finals. Bancaro, I think, has that capability. I think Bancaro has a Hall of Fame ceiling. We'll see if he can do it. But the fact that this happened, and then Oklahoma City sitting there, not expecting, I mean, checked in with that, consistently in the past 48 hours everyone oklahoma city chet's group they were expecting that to happen chet to okc 
And when suddenly Jabari Smith is on the board there, this is where I would have loved to have had a camera with Sam Presti just to really see, was it, was it truly Chet the whole time? Or was it like, guys, all right, quick powwow, two minutes. Are we, are we moving off this? Cause you got to decide. And the way that Orlando did this, it had the league fooled. They stick with Chet. And then Houston is sitting there at three. I just, and I was told Houston wasn't taken with Chet at all. So for whatever reason, I was told that if, if for whatever unlikely reason it had gone, Paulo, Jabari, Houston, maybe they would have taken him because they feel like they had to, but I was actually told that Houston was not in on Chet, period. I, I was, I was, that's what I was rooting for. I wanted to see Oklahoma City balk, see what Houston did, but Houston gets Jabari Smith at three? Just the ripple effects of this are completely fascinating, and I'll repeat something that I said on HQ, and I might have said it on the podcast as well. Expand this out even to Keegan at four with the Kings, which... Uh, I did report on HQ before the draft. If you watched the draft show, it was awesome. GP did a wonderful job with Finkelstein. Avery Johnson, Keem Dermish, Poppy did a wonderful job. Kyle Boone, Travis Brandon, the whole crew. It was an awesome experience. But before the draft got going, I was like, listen, I'm giving all indications the Kings are going to take Keegan Murray at four. It's not Ivy. They're not going to take him. That wound up being the case. So you get to Keegan at four and then Ivy to the Pistons at five. Those will not be the five best players in this draft. It never happens that way. Go check any NBA draft in history. There has never been a draft, at least in the modern NBA as we know, and I think ever, where the first five guys taken were the five best players. What's going to happen here is at least one, probably two, and maybe even as many as three teams, they're going to wound up have missing. Who's going to miss? Is it going to be Orlando and Sacramento? The two teams of the five that zagged. The two teams of the five that are the underachieving franchises. Sacramento hasn't been to the playoffs since 06. I believe that's the longest active drought of any of the big four team sports in America. Orlando hasn't been to the playoffs in more than a decade. They both made bold statements, bold moves. You and I both disagree on what Sacramento did. We can get to that in a second. But that's, to me, the biggest takeaway of draft night is the truly unexpected drama and chaos at the top of it that made this, to me, in the moment, feel like one of the more consequential drafts at the top, at least, top three, top five that we've had in the past 10, 15 years. Um, you know, the, the, the five guys that everybody thought would come off the board, one through five, came off the board one through five. They just went in a different order than basically anybody thought. And so... You know, you, you make a point about Oklahoma City, like did they have to have a quick meeting to figure out what they're going to do because they didn't necessarily expect to be picking between Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren. Uh, I can't say for sure, but I would assume those are all things you've already actually you decided. Right. But yeah, you 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 in the face, I just right. wonder if there's just a quick check of conscience, that's all. Right. I think you just like weeks ago, uh, you know, or well in advance of today, uh, you, you sit down and you say, all right, if – Jabari comes off the board one. What are we doing? We're taking Chet Holmgren. Okay. What if Chet comes off the board one? What are we doing? Let's figure it out. We, okay. If Paulo comes off the board one, what are we doing? And then I think you even take it a step further. If Jaden Ivey, for some reason, comes off the board one, what yeah. are we doing? I think those are all things that are basically already determined. But certainly, they had to be um, surprised on some level, if only because the world was surprised on some level. You know, Somebody asked me tonight, okay, well, why why did Orlando switch to Paulo at the last minute? Well, that's almost certainly not what happened. They, there's no way they switched. They just <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, they they yeah. just because the world didn't know they were on Paulo doesn't mean they haven't been on Paulo 
for a while. So the idea that, because you see a bunch of wild stuff on social media and it's like, man, the magic changed their mind. No, 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 the magic did not change their mind. That, that would be insanity to change your mind 30 minutes before the draft. We found out what they were going to do 30 minutes before the draft. They didn't change their mind 30 minutes before the draft. And I'll let them explain it. They might just sit there and say, we thought we were getting the best player and prospect from the draft. We don't think he's just the guy who's going to be the most impactful, you know, as a rookie. We think this is the best player, long term, you know, short term, the whole deal. We got the we got the best guy. But I wonder if on some level, if you're really, you know, struggling with do we do Chet Holmgren? Do we do Jabari Smith? Do we do Paulo Bencaro? If you're an Orlando franchise that has lived in the lottery, and let's be honest, missed a lot. If you don't just default to what's the safest option here? Like Chet might have a higher upside and maybe Jabari does too. And I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying there are certainly people who believe that. I wonder if you don't just default to like, Hey, Hey guy, what's wrong with just not messing this up? What's wrong? This is getting a guy that we know is going to be a very good NBA player. And we're not having to answer questions about his body or his playmaking like this guy. Cause I, I think you and I agree on this. Um, maybe Chet Homer becomes the best player from this draft. That, that's what I have predicted. Or maybe it's Jaden Ivey, or maybe it's uh, Jabari Smith, or maybe it's somebody else. But the safest option among the realistic options at the top, I always thought was Paulo Bancaro. And if you're Orlando and you're tired of missing, maybe you just decide we're not missing this time. Look at you rewriting the narrative. No, I'm just trying to now that now that this is done, let's talk about how it got done. I think that's at, at the very least yeah, no, you're right. a, a reasonable explanation. He's also and this would not register as like the number one, two or three thing, but like he has clear star appeal and he played at Duke and he was under the spotlight more than almost any other player in the country last season because of the nature of what happened at Duke with Mike Krzyzewski's final season. Oh, by the way. Krzyzewski's final season, he gets a guy picked number one in the draft. Duke actually set a record with five players getting picked. Um, the team didn't end its season the way it wanted to, just a little bit short, two wins short. But um, for historical purposes, uh, Duke actually had itself uh, a hell of a night. They never had more than four players picked, but had done it four times, 86, 99, 17, and 18. They had four players picked in each of those drafts. Um, but to get five going, and that would be Ben Carroll at one. Mark Williams at 15, going ahead of A.J. Griffin, who had that. Nada, we'll get to you eventually here. We'll give you a, a minute on that, okay? Because the Charlotte Hornets drafted Mark Williams. Griffin at 16, Wendell Moore Jr. goes to, at 26, and then Trevor Keels yeah. dropped 42 down to uh, down to the Knicks. If you would have told me the Knicks have any player that went to Duke, I would have told you it was going to be A.J. Griffin. I was wrong on that. But, yeah, the Ben situation – uh, I, I understand why they went there. Hell, I said he should be the first player off the board. It wound up going that way. Uh, Chet at two. We wait and see uh, with that franchise in general. Is it, it you know they are still building? Where are they going to be a year from now? You know, with it, will this still be the worst team in the league? And will like Victor Wembanyama be the number one pick? Like that could be fascinating a year from now. If Oklahoma city happens to be sitting with one and, and Victor still the, the projected number one pick something to consider it there. And then I just can't get over the fact that Jabari Smith, of course, of course he was like 
looking a little pissed having dropped a three because there's no way that he thought that was going to happen. And maybe this is the thing that pivots Houston. Like I said, I wrote in the column, it will not surprise me if Jabari Smith, even though I like Ben Caro most, I had Smith too on my big board. If we look up at the end of Smith's first contract and he is the superstar that we thought he would be, and Houston's like competing to get into the NBA finals by his fourth season. And we look in Orlando and Oklahoma city are still stuck in. They're still stuck in the, in the lottery. I don't know. It's, 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 there are going to be a couple of teams that spin sideways from this GP and uh, seeing how that takes shape from here. I can't wait. I'm glad that it didn't go chalk. It makes it more interesting. And it, it allows NBA people and basketball fans to sit here tonight, tomorrow into summer league into next season and the year after that and the year after that to arbitrate this thing to judge it you know to to cast doubt and shame on these kinds of decisions and the draft in many ways offered up uh what i was looking for and that was just some a little bit of chaos and we certainly got that in the top five one last thing on the top three and then we'll move on um jabari smith when he got picked the body and in the minutes leading up to it the body language was bad he looked stunned but you have to understand like you would be. You would be. He spent the past few weeks and most of today being told you're the number one pick, being told by his people, being told by the mock drafts, being told by the best NBA reporters in the world, being told by the betting markets. And, you know, that is something people dream about, you know, like, and with the first pick of the, I mean, every basketball player's done it. And then suddenly, with cameras in your face, you are finding out this is not going the way that I've assumed it was going for a long time. Like, I don't want to overstate it, but, like, it's not impossible to believe that he looked at houses or had people looking at houses in Orlando. Like, for weeks, everybody's been saying, you're moving to Orlando. You're going to Orlando. You're going to be the first pick in the draft. And then you're not the first pick in the draft. And then you're not the second pick in the draft. And I think at that point, you know you're going third. And and obviously, third is amazing. Like, if you'd have told him a year ago, you're going to go third in the draft, he'd been like, oh, my God, wow, that's amazing. But once you spend all day in the past few weeks and months being told by everybody who talks about this stuff, you're going to be the number one pick in the draft, your body language would be a little off when you find out that you're not, when you find out that you're not at the same time, everybody else is finding out that you're not. And you're on national television because there's cameras pointed at you while you're finding out. Like I, I felt a little bad for him because um, you know, that, that, that must be, and again, it's all relative, but like a, a, an, an awkward thing to go through. I, I don't feel that bad for him. He's going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars and have an, a situation where he could be a friend. And he gets to play along. By the way, like the Jabari Jalen Green setup actually has a lot of potential there as well. So I don't feel too, too bad for him. But yes, in that moment when you think you're going one, yeah, you go two and you go, yeah, it's an uncomfortable couple of minutes, but I think he'll, uh, I think he'll wind up fine. And there have been, uh, you know, a few players over the years that have gone to three. He can go to bed tonight knowing that Jordan got picked third and use that as motivation. So, like, he's going to probably be uh, – he's going to be okay. I want to ask you, because um, I did watch, obviously, what you were saying on HQ about the Kings pick at four. And we'll get to that in just a second. But before that, here's a word from our sponsors. 
Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so. Let me stop you for a second. Because I I hate comments like this. I almost expected them to come, but I can't stand them because they're so stupid. (laughs) And and they're often typed by people who have no context for uh, what people with money actually go through. Um, so is this, this character here, George Malone in the, uh, YouTube comments, uh, poor multimillionaire, my heart goes out to him. I hate it when people think because you have money, you, you can't possibly be disappointed, um, frustrated, sad, um, uh, placed in an uncomfortable situation. Like you got millions. What are you disappointed in? If you can't comprehend how awkward and disappointing and surprising and jarring it must be to spend months being told by everybody you're going to be the number one pick and then find out in your multi-million dollar suit with millions of people watching you that you're not, that you thought you had achieved this dream of being the number one pick in a draft, and then you find out right before it's supposed to happen that it's not happening. And then, oh, by the way, you're not even going to be the second pick in the draft. Like, yes, he's still going to have millions of dollars, but he did lose a significant amount of money by going third instead of first. And I don't even think that's the thing that bothered him. It's the jarring aspect of what, hold up. The Woach told me I was going number one. The mock draft told me I was going number one. The betting market told me I was going number one. My agent told me I was going number one. What it, what has just happened? If you can't understand how a 19-year-old would be jarred by that, then just you you don't know anything about human nature. Parrish going after folks. It's a deep, deep podcast night. I respect the comment, though, and you're absolutely correct about that. I don't respect the comment. I I respect your comment. Thank you for respecting my comment. I respect your comment. Loosen that tie, my man. Loosen it up. Let's go. Let's show a little skin. Get a little skin under there. So, all right. Kings. Kings at four, they take Keegan Murray. They don't go with Ivy, who never worked out for him, who had no interest in playing at Sacramento, which I don't know if this was truly the Ivy's camp actually making this happen or if it was Kang's going Kang's. And I'm actually lower on Murray than I think almost anyone else, relatively speaking. I'm not saying he's going to be out of league in four years or anything like that, but I just didn't have him. I did not rate him as someone who will be a top 10 player in the NBA by the time his career is done versus many other players in this draft class. That's all. So that being said, um, let's hear, uh, 
Let's hear you take the Kings to task. Because, my man, taking a look at your grades here. Mm. First of all, before we even get to that, my buddy Gary Parrish, he is dead set on not getting dragged on social media. My man could not be kinder than the substitute teacher that comes into the seventh grade history class. Are you kidding me with these grades? You gave out A's or better, A minuses or better to 75% of the picks. There's all these picks are not going to be A's. I actually respect the move. I do respect it. And with that being said, you did not, you did not. And, and judging this on a scale, Parrish absolutely slaughtered the Kings by giving the Keegan Murray pick, wait for it, a B. Explain yourself. Well, first off, I hate doing grades. So let's just start there. Refuse. You refuse to even. Did you give one C? Did you give one C? No. Yeah. And I. Okay. I'm going to give some C's on the podcast before we're done. I That's fine. Here, you can take over the grades next year if you want to. Here's the problem with the grades. Here's the problem with the grades, because I want to be um, smarter about this, because there are examples in my past, Jordan Poole, where I said, this is crazy. This is not what I would have done. This is crazy. That's a D. And then you look up and it's just not. The truth is none of us know. We have opinions. None of us know if this is really not going to work out or not. And so I, the one rule I have is that, and this is where a lot of the A pluses come in. Like if I had, if I say next on my big board is Walker Kessler, that's the best guy I got available right now. And then the next guy to come off the board is Walker Kessler. What am I going to do besides give that an A plus? What just, what, how is it logical to say the highest guy on my board available is Walker Kessler. This franchise just took Walker Kessler, which by extension means they just did exactly what I would do, but that's a C. Well, if my, you just did what exactly what, go ahead. I, that one specifically, here's why I would have given it a B or maybe a B minus only because he's going to Minnesota, which has Carl Anthony Towns and the fit. Not that they shouldn't have another really good big there, but I even said this on HQ. I, I kind of am suspect over if that was the right place for him to go to. So from a fit perspective, maybe that's not a wind up being an A, but you're basically aligning your grades to your personal big board. And if the guys are slotted within one, two, three spots, it's going to be an A. I, I just, and I and, just and, poke for fun because I know why you no, do course. it. And, and, and it just, you know, I, I get it. I just, I, I have to play a little fun with you. That's all. No, of course. It, because it becomes a thing because I know what it looks like. You're just following the grades on CBSSports.com. And it's like, here's another A, here's another A. I know what it, I, I know what it looks like. But when you take the person I would have taken, I don't know what else to give you. And the other thing I've learned about this is nobody ever, Screen grabs and sends back to me. Oh, GP, you said Luka Doncic is an A. Nobody ever said, nobody has ever sent me an A that I got right. Ne it's never been mentioned again in my entire life. It has never come up again. But boy, I get Jordan Polk tweets almost every day. <laughs> and I get Emmanuel quickly tweets all the time, although they slowed down a little bit this year, if we're being honest. They, they slowed down a little bit this year, but the Jordan Poole ones, they come all the time. So I'm like, what, why am I doing this to my way? I, I gave Golden State a D for drafting Jordan Poole. And I, that has been retweeted 
in my dirt. Like some guy just randomly today said, you are so stupid. That, like that's the way the tweet started. Warriors you are so stupid. It's relentless, man. Relentless Warriors. I, I respect it because they that is a force to be right. Oh, I didn't hear a word from them the first two years of Jordan Poole's career. Not a word. In fact, when people started tweeting me about Jordan Poole this year, initially, I didn't even know why they were tweeting me. I would get random tweets like, late, you know, midnight central, and it'd be like, I hope you saw Jordan Poole go for 30 tonight. And I'm like, what? Why would somebody send me that? Like, I care about, like, I don't even think about Jordan Poole. And then I f- subsequently find out, oh, it's because years ago, I gave Golden State a D for drafting him at the bottom of the first round. So I'm just like, well, I'm not setting myself up for that. Plus, like, you know, I, I have been way right about picks sometimes, and I've also been way wrong about picks sometimes. Just like Sam Presti. Just like anybody who runs any NBA franchise. And so um, I'm a, I'm a more lenient level of a GM. Yes. I'm basically the Sam Presti of the on college Why basketball podcast. More often? My point is that everybody misses and everybody gets some stuff, right? And nobody ever brings up what I got, right? They only send me Jordan pool. I just, my Twitter mentions are just a bunch of Jordan pools. So if I can uh, give out a bunch of A's and B's and prevent the next Jordan pool thing from happening, then that's where I'm at. But Sacramento, I don't understand what they were doing. I, I, I and I, I say this as somebody who likes Keegan Murray. I just don't like Keegan Murray at four. I like Keegan Murray at five. And yes, there is a difference between those two things uh, that is more significant than just one slot. And here's why. I think basically everybody, or at least most, let's just keep it at most, had Jay Ivey as the fourth best prospect in this draft. Some higher, very few lower. And what that suggests to me is that there's a market for Jay Ivey. And even if he won't work out for you, like he didn't work out for them, and he wouldn't send them any information, they were like, what's your blood pressure? He's like, yeah, you don't need to know my blood pressure. Like nothing. What's your cholesterol levels? You don't need to know my cholesterol levels. What kind of cereal are you like? I'm not talking to you about that. And he did work out for Detroit and talk with them. And so he, his people were trying to manipulate it. Like, hey, you can pick us if you want. Nothing we can do about it. But we won't be happy and we're not cooperating. If you're Sacramento on that spot, if you, you do one of two things. You either say, we don't care. <laughs> like, you're, you're Jaden Ivy. You're not going to dictate what we do. This is the way the draft works. We finish fourth in the lottery. We're taking you. What are you going to do? Sit out? Go play for overtime elite? Like, what are you going to do? So you'd either do that or you say, who's in the Jaden Ivey market? We're taking him fourth. Detroit, you want him? Then give us a future first and swap picks with us. You make somebody give you something for the right to have Jaden Ivey. You don't pass on him at four so that Detroit can get him at five. And this is the type of thing that might work out. It's a point I made on CBS Sports HQ. Like, we might look up in five years and go, man, Keegan Murray is better than anybody thought. And Jaden Ivey, you know, not really a point guard and can't shoot. That's a problem. Like, this might be, this might work out. But if it works out, it'll be like hitting on 18 at the blackjack table works out. Like, you can hit on 18, you might get a three, and now you got 21. Worked out. It's a dumb thing to do. This might work out for Sacramento, but I don't think it was a smart thing to do. And I do think it's also important like, if Toronto did this, you might go, hmm, okay, maybe they know something. San Antonio did this. Miami did this. But it's Sacramento. They don't get the benefit of the doubt. And I say that as respectfully as I can say it. But the reason that gets yeah. but the reason that gets clowned on so much is because the Kings did it. 
if somebody else did it, it wouldn't register the same way, but the King's doing it. And you know, everybody's got, got their jokes. I'm about to give this a C. This is a C. Jaden Ivey has the potential to be the kind of player that if you're the Kings, you take best available and you figure it out. You just figure it out. I think Ivy actually has enough upside where he gets you out of this death spiral you've been in as a franchise for 15, 16 years. So, yeah, it was a miscalculation as far as I'm concerned. And then you're Detroit. Are you kidding me with this? They get Jaden Ivy at five, just falls in their lap. They already have Cade. That could be an incredible one-two in the backcourt, like within two years. And then they traded around. They got Jalen Duran. They've got they've got a lot of young pieces there. Detroit feels like, and I don't have the full list here. I didn't really dive in on all the winners and losers. But to me, Detroit's like a top three winner of the draft. You talked about the trades. There was a lot of noise about Indiana wanting Ivy trading up. I'm so done on a personal note, you know, having, you know, just, tried to track this somewhat diligently behind the scenes for the past four or five drafts every single year. Watch out, man. There's like five teams in the lottery that want to move. And it was noisier this year than I think ever before, or at least in the past half decade. No, didn't happen like that. Charlotte was rumored to trade that wound up happening. Knicks were rumored to trade that happened. And for about 90 minutes, no one knew what the hell the Knicks actually got back in return for that trade with Oklahoma city wild. But Ivy going to the, they got back. I can tell you they got back. They got back Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I guess that's what they did. They got the Knicks got Jalen Brunson tonight. Sounds good. I mean, so, you know, main takeaway, big talking points is the top three expanded out to the top five. It didn't go in the order we were we were told and to expect. It was supposed to be Jabari, Chet, Paolo, Ivy, and then Murray or Matherin pick either one. Instead, here we are. Paolo, Chet, Jabari. Murray, Ivy, Matherin goes to Indiana six. I absolutely love that pick, which leads me to my next question for you. Outside of the top five, let's expand it to really as much as you want to in the first round. Three or four picks. I mean, I got the grades in front of you here. I can read you your best ones, but the three or four picks that you like the most would be who? I like the Benedict Matherin pick. Love it. Just because I, I really like Benedict Matherin. We've talked about that. I love Cleveland getting Ochabaji. You know, we've talked a lot about him. I mean, I, I really like what Cleveland's doing. I mean, like the post-LeBron era for most franchises, including Cleveland the first time, they don't go well. And, um, you know, Cleveland's now got Darius Garland, all-star level-ish guard. They've got Evan Mobley, who... I think everybody believes is special and going to be an all-star. And then you add Ochai Abaji, who we don't need to spend minutes on that. Everybody knows how I feel about him as a prospect. I just thought that that was perfect to add a 22 year old piece like that to what they've already got. Um, you know, Cleveland, you know, he's somebody that can help immediately and also, you know, grow with Garland and, and, and Mobley and, and be a real important part to whatever it is they're building there. Um, Malachi Brannon for, uh, at, at 20 to San Antonio. You know, that's a guy I had in the top 16. Um, I like that a lot. Um, Denver taking, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer in Christian Brown. That That's a little higher. Yeah, it's a little high for me too. Or, or no, it's actually not. Like it's higher than I thought he would go. I don't necessarily think it's too high 
for me. Um, but I like him. I, I never, I never understood why just about everybody didn't have him in the first round. Cause he, he always looked like a first round or at least, you know, as, as the draft grew closer and you start recognizing, you know, what is valued and what isn't, he looked like a guy who had the stuff that is valued this six, seven wing, who's an athlete and can shoot threes. You know, a lot of guys like that got picked tonight, which brings me to another interesting thing. Um, Ty Ty Washington slipped. There Kennedy was Chandler slipped yeah, a lot of noise about Ty Ty Washington slipping like earlier in the day on Thursday. So I, I was surprised it was that much, but just kind of like behind the scenes or whatever. Uh, when I was checking on a few other things, there was like Ty Ty could actually drop to the second round. And the, there was not that wasn't there like a week ago. Anyway, continue. It was interesting. It's sort of interesting to see how the much the game changing is impacting the draft. Because there's two things that are really devalued right now when it comes to, to prospects. Like, you know, big traditional centers. Like, you don't really have much use for them. And Mark Williams got picked. Jalen Duran got picked. But, you know, those guys got – those guys are devalued. So at one end, it's like the traditional bigs who are seven foot tall. Like, if you're seven foot tall wing, that's great. Seven foot tall traditional wing, a big, we don't really want that anymore. Or we don't want it as much as we used to. And then little guys. Do you know Ty Ty Washington was the shortest person drafted in the first round? Uh, at six, I do now. At, at yeah. six, at six three, and he was the only person shorter than six four drafted in the first round. And the first person, and he was 29th. Like mm-hmm. every, it seems like there is never been more of an appetite for guys that are. Six five, six six, six seven, athletes who can guard multiple positions and shoot the three. Like the, the a lot of those guys went in the first round. But if you were smaller than that, you know there was you know, Thursday night wasn't a great night for you. Before I get to my list, I want you to expand on Kennedy Chandler. Your little homie from Memphis is yep. going to play in Memphis, so that's yep. and he's tight with John Morant. Just I wanted to give you the floor on this because. When it happened, I was like, we're going to talk about this in the pod. This is, I don't know how it's going to work for Kennedy Chandler. Memphis is, again, I actually, you know that front office well. I don't know him at all. I love what they did. Uh, And I'll get to the Roddy thing in a second. Uh, But the fact that Kennedy Chandler is going to play in Memphis on that team could be first round talent. He drops that far. Pretty cool. You know, the Grizzlies are probably going to lose Tyus Jones in free agency because Tyus, you know, wants to, you know, he's, He's going to get a big contract, and he wants to be a starter. And if you're the Grizzlies, you know, how much money do you want to pay for a backup point guard? Uh, you know, now I think you could make an argument because Ja, you know, is, is I don't want to say injury prone, but he, he has missed games because of injuries. And so, you know, there's an argument to be made. Okay, Tyus Jones, you're not a starter, but like you're going to start a lot, or at least that's what recent history shows us. But either way, odds are Tyus Jones is playing somewhere else next season. So the Grizzlies have a real need at backup point guard. And I had him taking Kenny Chandler at 22. And so the Grizzlies had a weird draft because, and this is the way this front office works. They are, they do not care about your mock draft. They, they, they have conviction. They have convictions about prospects. And not only will they take somebody higher than you think they should be taken, they will literally move up 
to take somebody higher than you think they should be taken. So the first pick, the first Grizzlies related thing that happens in the draft is uh, they're packaging 29 and 22 to move up to 19. And it's like, do you really package 29 and 22 to move up to 19? Uh, maybe, but maybe, you know, maybe they're in the, the you know, they're, they're in the Malachi Brandon business. And they just feel like he's not going to last to 22, but they know he's available at 19. So let's just go ahead and get this done now. And then they take Jake LaRavia, which, and I'm, I'm confident me, what they'll. That's a C for me. A C. Mark it down. Well, like, here's the deal. It's what they will tell you. I promise you is that they had information that said LaRavia was not going to last to 22. And the information that he was 20 instead of 22 years old or whatever. That's you see that story. His age was misrepresented on the internet forever. And then they like fixed it. And then once the teams realized he was actually two years younger, his stock like jolted in the first round wild draft story. Yeah. They thought (laughs) for whatever reason he was listed two years older than this actually is crazy. I don't know. Um, So like uh, when I first see, and with the 19th pick, you know, the Jake LaRavia, I'm like, could you not have just got him at 22? But I'm confident they don't think they could have. This was their argument last year for going up and getting Zaire Williams. They didn't think he'd be available where they were picking. I don't know that that's true, but they insist they believed it was true. And I suspect they'll say the same thing tonight about this one. Then they end up with Kennedy Chandler with a pick in the 30s. And so it's almost like, all right, it would have made more sense to me for Kennedy Chandler to go 19 or 22 and for LaRavia to go you know, 38 or whatever he went, but like, you know, you still end up with, uh, you know, and they got Vince Williams as well. Um, you know, I, David, David I say Roddy. This cons- they got David Roddy uh, with another first round pick. video, like a lot of stuff about Ivy. That was awesome. But uh, the Colorado state uh, account tweeted out a video of, of Roddy getting the call and the eruption, like he's on the phone with Kleiman. I think it's Kleiman. And he gets told like in about 10 seconds before they say it on the broadcast, and he almost doesn't believe he's like, don't be playing me. And then you can hear the background, the television broadcast. And they say David Roddy and the room erupts and he's all emotional. It's just an incredible moment. And I love he does feel very Memphis. I'm actually a little bit. That might be a C for me as well. Like, I'd be honest here, but uh, I love his story in that David Roddy was a guy who could have pursued D1 football. He got recruited by a lot of schools that were kind of like, we can bring you in. We understand your football background. And like schools almost were catering to that side of him. And he wanted to be all focused on basketball. Nico Medved and Colorado State from the get-go were on him. We think you can be a great Division One basketball player. And he turned himself into a top 25 pick. It's an awesome, awesome story. And that's a great video. That's another guy that the Grizzlies got. And the fact that, the fact that they got all those guys before Kennedy Chandler, who is undeniably the most talented of all of them, it's just draft is wild sometimes, man. Well, um, one of the common threads between this pick and a lot of the other picks the Grizzlies have made is that they do not care about some of the other things that other franchises care about. They, they're they willing to look at unconv- unusual bodies, unusual wingspans. Like one of the things on Desmond Bain coming out of college was, hey, you know, he's got short arms. And the Grizzlies were like, yeah, okay, but he can play basketball and shoot, so we'll, we're going to take him. 
with Brandon Clark, it was like um, there was something with his measurables that wasn't ideal. And they were just like, yeah, we're going to take him anyway. And look at what they did tonight. David Roddy, that's an unusual NBA body. They don't care. Kennedy Chandler, a very small NBA body. They don't care. And did you see who they agreed to a two-way contract with? Uh, no, Kenneth Lofton. <laughs> Kenneth Lofton. They don't oh, care. Yeah, I thought he was getting drafted, but that did not happen. But yeah. They yeah, don't no, care. They, 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 they're, they're willing, they're willing to... Over. They're willing to look past these other things that some other franchises obsess with and just go, but can we see this guy becoming a useful basketball player for us? And they have been right way more than they've been wrong. And that's why on this, I would, you know, when I have to talk about this on radio on Friday, I will say, I love getting Kennedy Chandler in the thirties. I would have never moved up into the top 20 to get Jake LaRavia. Um, I don't know that I would have taken David Roddy at 23. In fact, I am certain I would not have. But they've got a lot of this stuff right. And they have they believe the they deserve the benefit of the doubt at this point because they have, mostly through the draft, built the best young core in the NBA. Um, they know what they're doing. It doesn't mean they'll get everything right. It doesn't mean they'll get this stuff right. But they have a, a pretty established track record that has allowed Zach Kleiman this past year. He's the reigning NBA executive of the year. You know, I, 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 I've reached the point where I'm, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and take a wait and see approach. Even if some of this stuff was confusing to me, one thing, um, Mark Giannato, who's a columnist at the commercial appeal and, and uh, my colleague at, in at 92.9 FM ESPN and, and radio. Um, one of the things he pointed out about the, I guess it's four players they took in the draft tonight. They all shot at least 38% from three. So they have prioritized shooting, which obviously makes sense. I want to give a shout out to, I don't know what time zones all of you are in, uh, international or West Coast, East Coast, whatever. Appreciate it. Got a few more minutes here that before we wrap up the pod. And if you're watching. You know what my fear is, by the way? Uh, you have many, I'm sure, but go ahead. I go, I'm going back to Manhattan tonight. Oh, I didn't realize and, that. I thought you were staying in Stanford. You're going back to no, Manhattan. I'm going, I'm going back to Manhattan. Are we 100% sure I'm going to be able to get an Uber at 2 a.m. in Stanford, Connecticut? Yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest city in the Because it'd be. And New Haven might be bigger. Stanford's on the. It's it's growing. You should, you'll, you'll be able to get one. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about Sally's Pizza, by the way? It's solid. Yeah. We it's had good. it tonight. Yeah, yeah. You're getting exposed to a lot. By the way, uh, so, we're not seeing this not as in no mood i've seen like five people block from the chat this dude is pissed that the hornets Who's took it? mark williams and nada is not here for any of this any of it who is I, the, I, like who is like i got i, I got uh i got bot- yeah it's, yeah I got bothered by the one guy talking about it. Oh, I feel sorry for Jabari Smith, but like it didn't occur to me to block him. What are these people doing? Not to turn your mic on. What are these people doing to get blocked? What I, I'm not seeing in the chat, Nada. What's going on, man? What's going on is that apparently um, there is a player that is apparently that there's a player that at some point is that I don't know. It's something. It's some like random thing where they're saying the NBA is racist, and I'm just like, I don't have the time for it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> He does not have the time for it. If you don't want it to, he said he private message. He's got no desire to talk about 
Mark Williams of Charlotte. Stay out of our man's way on Twitter in the next 24 hours, if not the next two months. I actually like the pick. And with that, I'll segue into the, the picks that I like and kind of go in order here outside of the top 10. Jalen Williams goes 12 to the Thunder. I did the feature on him. I checked in with them earlier on, the, on Thursday. That was their hope. That was the highest they thought that he could go. Lo and behold, Oklahoma City drafted both Jalen Williams from Santa Clara <laughs> and Arkansas. I got to be honest, Parrish. I love Jalen Williams' chances in Oklahoma City. Okay. That can get tricky. There was a, a, a situation a few years ago where the Grizzlies were getting ready to do a trade for somebody. And it might have been an auto porter trade, but it could have been something else. And the deal was getting done because the other franchise thought they were getting Dylan Brooks. Oh, and yeah. the Grizzlies were like, the Grizzlies were, no, we're, we're, we're dealing you Marshawn Brooks. <laughs> and the other franchise was like, no, we thought we were getting Dylan Brooks. They're like, no, we're not giving you Dylan Brooks. And they were like, well, then I guess the trade's off. And there was like a trade that almost went down and then was nixed at the end because they had the Brookses confused. Brooks was not there. Yeah, I remember that one. You told me that I think in Vegas some uh, some years back. I do like Jalen. I, I love it, but I do like Jalen Williams, to Oklahoma City. I do like Mark Williams to Duke. I think he'll be a great big. Also, Michael Mark Williams Jordan is not going to Duke. I mean, well, first of all, I got <laughs> that, that would be awesome. I have a feeling this dude is going to be awesome at Duke. He might even turn himself into a top fifteen pick. And if that happens, I like Charlotte's chances of drafting him. Michael Jordan is going to just. Uh, I hope he I hope he treats the young man well because we've got a North Carolina man who's coming off his alma mater, ending Mike Shashevsky's career and winning in the final game at Cameron Indoor. Mark Williams, I wish you the absolute best. Other picks I liked, to be honest, like a lot of these, I was just Dalen Terry to the Bulls. Okay, Laravia. Okay, Malachi Branham. I'm actually lower on him than I think maybe anyone. A lot of these are just okay. I think AJ Griffin falling to 16 to Atlanta is tremendous. If you're the Hawks. I, humongous upside there really really like that pick uh as we scroll down throughout the rest of the first round um there's i gotta be on like timberwolves getting wendell moore jr i liked the friggin warriors drafting patrick baldwin jr okay so uh did the feature on baldwin so i was in touch with him in his camp they were confident he was going in the first round and there was skepticism outside of the camp that that would actually happen the fact that he goes to the Warriors, it vastly increases the likelihood that he's going to be awesome. We could acknowledge that, right? Like, if he didn't go to Golden State at 28, instead, like, he just goes to Houston at 29, or, you know, I don't know. I, I think that, it, oh, I think he's got a chance to be a top 12 player in this draft class, and the fact that he's going to go play Golden State, where it's not going to be easy to get minutes right away, man, he could be setting himself up for for a ton of success. And can I, I love Nemhard 31, the Pacers. They got Matherin and Nemhard with their first two picks. Just, just awesome. Uh, Coloco to Toronto, way in on. First round, great for me. The fact that he fell to the second wasn't a surprise, but I, I love that Toronto took him. I think that's a wonderful pick there. And a couple fallers. Jaden Hardy, 37 at Dallas. Not surprised by that. Wasn't surprised by Bryce McGowan's. Wasn't surprised by Ty Ty Washington's fall. EJ Liddell going to 41 is a stunner there's not going to be 20 players better in this draft than ej liddell that is an a pick for the pelicans paris graded it the same way and i don't get it i think i i do get it i think it came down to he's six seven he's going to probably have to play power forward 
and he's not a clear-cut mega elite defender. He's not a clear-cut mega elite shooter. And so we kind of got caught in this like tweener game. I remain all in on EJ Liddell. I think we will look up in about five years, and he is going to be a top 15 player in this draft. With that being said, Parrish, I got something for you here. Mm. Okay? I want to give a shout here to at Raining Buckets on Twitter. He found me in April. And he said, I got some stuff for the podcast for you as you gear it for your draft. He said, five years. I have no memory of this, by the way, and I know you don't either. Five years ago, you and Parrish made predictions on how 10 players would turn out. You both only got two of them right. I'm about to read you what we predicted five years ago. I would like to recreate this. Forget about it. Someone find us in four or five years on the players we'll pick. We basically said, will this guy be an all-star? Will be a starter? which means you're in the league for eight to 10 years, but not necessarily a starter the whole time. Will you just be a role player? You know, self-explanatory. Will you get to a second contract at all, or will you be out of the league? Those are the five categories. Here's how we did. All right, I'm going to read you the players, and then I want to pick 10 guys to do with the same exact exercise throughout the draft. Markel Fultz. I was right. Oh, God. You were wrong. You said all-star. I said role player. I Don't worry. I was oh, only God. right twice. Josh Jackson. We were both wrong. Oh, no. You said Josh Jackson. These are all A's, my friend. I'm afraid now. Um, Josh Jackson, you had as a starter. I had Josh Jackson being an all-star. I need to get By the way, let me stop you for a second and make sure something is understood here. Yes. We were wrong. You know who else was wrong? The franchise is picking first and second. Everybody was wrong. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, They were. They were. Malik Monk, we both said he'd be a starter. That's wrong. He's a role player. Justin Jackson, we both said he'd be a starter. That's wrong. He's a role player. DJ Wilson, we were both right. We said he would be out of the league. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't even remember I, him. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know who that is. Who is that? Trivia time. Who did DJ Wilson play for? I'm telling you, I don't even know who that is. Let's see who can get it first. Marquette? The chat, the chat is is quite busy at this hour, by the way. I'm, I'm very appreciating the chat. Trivia time in real time. Who did DJ Wilson play for? Who can get it? I'll give it. I'll give you ten seconds to see if, if someone's going to Google it and come up with it here before they. I don't even remember DJ Wilson being a person. Don't come on. Someone have it. Michigan. I mean, the chat oh, says Michigan. Not, so I'm going to assume it's Michigan. Michigan. Yes, but I don't Michigan. even remember him. Yeah, yeah. DJ Wilson. We uh we said he'd be out of the league and he was out of the league. Jared Allen. We both said role player. He's been better than role player. OG Ananobi. I said he'd be out of the league. Wrong, really wrong. You said he'd be a role player. I had to be right about that one, right? Was I? You said role player. He's been better. Yeah, he's better. He's than been that. better than that. Uh, uh, here's a here's a sad one. Caleb Swanigan we talked about. I had Caleb Swanigan. Nice. This is where I had him being an all-star, my man. And rest in peace to Caleb Swanigan, who died earlier this week. You said he'd be a starter. We missed on that. That's obviously a, a very, very tragic story. Um, man, oh, man. Uh, talk about one that I really wanted to see succeed. And then we each got two wild cards apiece. My wild cards that I said would be starters, Monty Morris fell short of it. Jonah Bolden, what am I, what was I thinking? That is a total, like, I said Jonah Bolden was going to be a starter. And you know what? I'm not letting Sam Vecini talk on this podcast because I am almost positive he talked me into Jonah Bolden. And then one of yours hey, is Mar- right. Let me stop you for a second. Monty, Monty Morris is pretty good. Yeah, he is. I, I, our listener graded this as wrong. I have him as a starter, and apparently he's been he's been shy of that. He hasn't been an all star. Oh, I be, yeah, Monty Morris can start in the NBA. Maybe I'm maybe I was close to that. You got had semi 
Ojale as a role player, you were right. And then you had Ivan Rab as a role player. You were wrong. I don't even know if Ivan Rab's in the league right now. I can't even tell you. But that was the 10 in 2017. With that well, in mind, my friend. Well, yes. Oh, by the way, Monty Moore started 74 games this year. And I was right. Give me three. <laughs> Give me. I was like, I was like, I was like, Monty Morris is good. What are we talking about? He has been good. So I don't know. Whatever. Either way. Okay. I'll, we'll, we'll each share eight players. Listeners. God. Come on. Let's have a little fun here. Okay. Okay? But like, you, you want to actually know what the smart thing to do is? Just, uh, just, uh, just bet the under on everybody. Like, you hear some people sometimes. Yes. That's actually the smartest thing to do. You, You know what the trick is? Most of these people don't work out. I don't even remember DJ Wilson being a person. <laughs> okay. Most of these people. How about that? You ready for this? Most of the names we've said tonight will never say again. Let's roll real quick. And we're going to go with the three. Yeah. We're definitely using the top three. Paulo Bancaro, all-star starter, role player, second contract out of the league. All-star. You already know my answer. You already know my answer. I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing it again. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Say it. Say it. He's an all-star. All-star. That's right. Oh, Nada's got the poll going too. Okay. Chet Holmgren. Oh, ho, 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 my friend. All-star, which means multiple all-star appearances. That's how we define this in 2017. So at least two. Starter, role player. Second contract out of the league. I'll go first here. I'm going to say starter for Chet Holmgren. It's so hard to be an all-star. You know, you know what? I'm assuming we're going to do Jabari Smith next. You know what the actual yeah. smart thing to do would be? For every one of these guys, just say starter. Just say Paulo starter. He's Chet number one starter. on your board. You have to say Chet Holmgren's an all-star. He was I, I'm, go- I'm telling you. I'm going to say all-star, but the smart thing to do with the top three picks would be, say, starter. You will be at least right about all of them because they're all going to start at least early in their careers. And then um, what are the odds of all three actually being all-stars? Probably not good. Kind of low. Kind of low, which I'm still. So you've got all-star for the first two. I had Ben Caro as an all-star, Chet as a starter. I will say. I will say Jabari Smith is an all-star, but I think you're going to go starter here. I'll go starter with Jabari Smith. Okay, so we did the top three, and then let's mix it up outside of, and you know what? Ivy was a clear-cut four. We'll go with him, and they'll do four other ones. Jaden Ivy, I will say, man, does he have a friggin' all-star ceiling, but I'm going to play the odds here. I will say Jaden Ivy will be a starter. I'll say starter with Jaden Ivy. Now, having said that, there is a healthy chance that one of those four players falls short of that and becomes a role player, but it's hard to say it in the moment, which makes this game a lot of fun. All right. Scrolling down. Let's have a little fun. Johnny Davis went 10th to the wizards tonight. What is Johnny Davis going to be looking like in five years? I'm picking between starter and role player. And that's probably going to be a clip that comes back to haunt me. (laughs) I, I'll go. I'll go starter. He's gonna start games. He's gonna start games as a rookie. Second contract. Second contract. That the only one that's yeah. worse than that is out of the league. That's my pick on Johnny Davis. You know we have to talk about Jalen Duran. 
Jalen Duran is going Whoa. to the Pistons. Oh, by the way, do you see everybody calling him six foot ten now? Get out of my He's face. He's like constantly being listed at six foot ten. And the Get only thing I said with that. That, that, that like it's all over the place. Jalen Duran, six foot ten center. What did I say last year at Peach Jam? I just don't think he's 6'11". That's the only thing I ever said. And now, now everybody's like, he's not 6'11". My, the whole Jalen... I wish all I did was talk about Jalen Duran. Well, you're about to do it again. He's going to the Pistons. He's the only thing I'm right about consistently. Well, that's about to be put to the final test. What's he going to be? Jalen Duran in the NBA will be... Whew. I'll say starter. I'll say second contract. I'm leaning, I, you know, I, I could, I'm not, I could, I could go role player, but I'm going to go starter. I'll say second contract. Two more from the first round. Let's get some interesting ones in here. Um, I want to give you a Memphis guy. So let's go. You know what though? Um, man, I've been kind of down on a couple here, uh, but I'll put, let's, let's put it to the test. So we'll do David Roddy. And then I'm trying to decide between you pick it. You want to do Branham or Walker Kessler for the other one? And then you get two wild cards of your own. But you want to do Branham or Kessler as the one we both share? Let's do Branham. Okay. Malachi Branham went 20th to the Spurs. I am going to – I now I'm lower on him than almost anyone. I will say Mal- – I'm, I'm, I'm not meaning to be this pessimistic, but I'm going to say second contract. I think EJ Liddell is going to be such a better NBA player than Malachi Branham. So give me – Second contract. He gets there, but second contract means like you're there, but you're bouncing back and forth with the G League and you're on there, but you're kind of clinging. So I will go second contract. What are you saying with Branham? Role player. Okay. And then last one we share here will be David Roddy. What do we think? David Roddy at 23. Does he get to a second contract or is he out of the league? Second contract. I'm going to say out of the league, but thriving in Europe. And that's nothing against Roddy, but it is inevitable. Again, repeat this the last time before I have to bring this talking back, talking point back next year. A lot of these guys that were drafted in the first round, they're not going to be in the NBA four or five years from now. They will be making money elsewhere. We each get two wild cards and I will take, I'm going to take a couple of guys in the second round. I will take EJ Liddell since I'm so in on him. Give me EJ Liddell. You heard me correct. Starter. And it's between starter and role player. I will lean starter and then give me, give me, this was my sleeper. This was my, and I'll try and stick with the college guy instead. Give me, um, man, there are some fascinating picks here. GP Kendall Brown fell all the way to 48 after getting lottery buzz mid February. I will say Kendall Brown winds up as a role player. What two wildcard players do you want to go with? I'll go Kennedy Chandler. Mm-hmm. I'll say role player. But okay. if you can get a role player at 38, that's a great pick. If you get second-round picks to stick, that's a great pick. I'm It'll loving everyone player. commenting on their own predictions as well. This is this is what – mark your own – this is harder than you think it is. All right, who's your other guy? Hmm. Marshawn Boche. That's going to be an out of the league, isn't it? I'll say out of the league. Okay. And I don't and like then, saying that. He's a great story. It is. But I'll go out of the league. Nada, I'm bringing you in for your special one because you said no shade and sharp talk. You do this for shade and sharp. Your pick. 
That's your right, guy. I'm, what I'm are we doing? Sh- shade and sharp role player. Yeah, I think I'm not officially logging this, but mark me down for Shaden Sharp starter going on All Star. So, Shaden Sharp went seventh to Portland. That's an interesting one. Pair him up with Damian Lillard. Um, last thing from me, I know you got to get out of here, but last thing, I I just wanted to uh, bring up two facts. One, I was talking with Tim Burke of Bubba Prague fame on Twitter, who shares like the most amazing videos and all stuff. Follow him if you don't already. Uh, he, by nature of his job, has like just access to all this film and all this stuff. He said, how about this if you didn't get drafted tonight? At, he said at least 25% of the players that earned minutes last season and appeared in, in NBA games went undrafted. So if you were not drafted, you have a relatively healthy chance. Doesn't mean you're going to make it six years in the league, but at least getting a cup of coffee. Plenty of guys that didn't get drafted are going to find their time uh, eventually in the NBA. That's really inspiring. And that trend has increased incredibly over the past two decades or so. And then here are the picks by conference. Big 10 led the way with nine. SEC had eight. The ACC had seven, five of which came from Duke. The Pac-12 had six. The Big 12 had four. The WCC had three. The American had two. And then the leagues with one pick apiece. And I got one quick trivia time in here for you, GP. A-10 one, Big East one, Horizon League one, MAC one, Mountain West one. Trivia time. Who's the Big East player that got drafted tonight? Um, uh, UConn, Tyrese. Boom. Tyrese Martin, who I think will be a top 30 player in this class. I love the fact that he got picked can't remember where he got shipped to but that's the only player out of the biggies to get drafted shouts to the big 10 was the it, it had the talent a year ago last season we knew that was the case and that wound up you know materializing and proving to be true in this draft led the way nine draft picks more than any other conference just to underline the point i was making about how most of these guys don't work out like if you go back 10 years to the 2012 nba draft it goes Let's just play this game. You know, Anthony Davis, all-star, right? Michael K. Gilchrist, role player. Bradley Beal, all-star. Deion Waiters, role player. Thomas Robinson, role player. Damian Lillard, all-star. Harrison Barnes, starter. Terrence Ross, I don't even know what he is. No, I was about to say, can he be defined? Can't define him. Uh, Andre Drummond, starter. Austin Rivers, role player. Myers Leonard, role player. Jeremy Lamb, role player. Kendall Marshall. Is Jeremy Lamb even a role player? I mean, I think he was at one point. He might have been a second contract guy. Yeah. Is Kendall Marshall, John Henson, Maurice Harkless, Roy White, Royce White, Tyler Zeller, Terrence Jones, Andrew Nicholson, Evan Fournier? These are the top twenty guys. Like these guys just, these guys just disappear. Like if you if you really want to be an excellent draft analyst, you know what you say about everybody. I don't think he's going to be as good as, as he's as the place where he was drafted. As the man who's handing out A's like candy on Halloween. I mean, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? You're just taunting everyone at this point. By the way, best college player undrafted. I think it's Justin Lewis out of Marquette. My second on that would be Travion Williams out of Purdue. Kofi Colburn. He's really good. I mean, I'm talking like NBA prospect. I know. Oh, I mean, okay. I yeah. Like, no, I mean, he was the best college player, but I meant that's like, what I want. Well, that's what I, mean. I took you literally. Yeah, I, know, I took yeah, you yeah. literally like the, who was the best college player who wasn't big is Kobe Coburn. I think 
All right, can we go see? If I can't get to Uber, don't leave your phone in the Uber. Don't leave your phone in the Uber. That's good advice, dead leg. That's good advice. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Kyle, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck Larnell. Did you just call it Kyle, South Carolina? I don't know, man. You I've did. had enough of you this. Did? I've had enough of this. Dude, we were on from 6 p.m. till midnight. Yeah, and before are. that, I did a television show. And before that, I did a radio show. I've been talking all day. Go catch I, that. I explained NHL rules on national television today. All right? You can't have a six-man on the ice. If you'd have asked me yesterday how many men are on the ice. <laughs> you didn't know? You couldn't I don't say? Think I, I don't think I would have been oh. able to say. Sex on the ice. You can't even explain icing, can you? Yeah. You yeah. think you think I didn't play Blades of Steel you know, when you, I was a you kid? You know about the two-line pass? Yeah. Dude, I played Blades of Steel when I was a kid. Classic. What is our listener crossover between like diehard hockey fan and college teams? They're 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 out there. There are people thrilled right now. They're like, are they are they really about to break down Avs Lightning final? No, we are not. It's late. The chat's been incredible, by the way. Thank you to everyone who joined us live. This was quite popping. And uh, Nada, I know, appreciates you, particularly in his his hour of need. Give the man his space and peace because he's going to need some time to think about this. Yeah, subscribe in all the ways we've told you one million times. Do the like button, what we've told you to do a million times, and we'll talk to you again some point soon. He'll then take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.